0: That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper and we are sleep sleepless in Seattle tonight. Take it back to a little bit of the grunge. Here we are now. Entertain us. It's time for TSS fantasy.
1: Yeah.
2: It worked for The Rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got floundering.
1: That's what it
2: is! This court
0: is adjourned. It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station. I'm here to save the fantasy roster. And it's time for TSS Fantasy. It's time for some Seattle Seahawks tonight. Let's get things started. Let's start with our introductions. Jordan, the Judge Thomas, welcome into the studio, friend.
3: Man, it's nice to be back. It's been a couple of days, and uh, uh, always good to uh, uh, get in here with uh, Mr. Flanders. Really excited to hear about his upcoming baseball show.
0: <laughs> Lots of excitement, always indeed, when Nick is in the building. Welcome in, Nick. You got Flandered Macaronis.
2: Thank you. Well, uh, the judge, uh, sure, it's going to be a real hit, I'll tell you what. Uh <laughs> So I'm here to discuss tonight my opinions on why Seattle is going to give San Francisco a run for its money for the Western Division title.
0: Wee, Mick, you got to stole my thunder a little bit because I got to tell you. Well, one thing, just quick little story. This is my little side piece team when I was a kid, and I always loved the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, I was a little short white boy, Steve Largent. ooh we. I mean, this is all me, right? So, and the other reason – that uniform. And I am so excited that they brought it back and it looks so clean. So the Seattle Sea C- and as you mentioned, Nick, doing a little bit of this research, we learned some things. This Seattle team is going to be something to be reckoned with in the NFC. That is for sure. All right. Well, let's get things started tonight. Don't forget, go to tssfantasy.com. Check out all of our latest and greatest rankings there. It is starting to get draft season. So you want to get prepped up with us? Please go visit us there. Also, go to our sponsors, go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. We'll double that deposit up to $100. Jazz Sportsbook as well. Use the promo code TSS for all of our great promos there. And also, if you're looking for some championship bling for your fantasy champion, go to Pro and Belts today. Lots of great bling for you. If you are watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe, notification bell, a like. Give us a comment, too. Little thanks stopping you from doing it. Big things popping for us when you do, so we do appreciate it. Fellas, I'm going to bid you adieu. I'll see you in a little bit because it's time for the doc. <laughs> The doctor is in. We are sleepless in Seattle today. What's up,
4: Doc, and what's on the house call? Hey there. So if you remember the Cardinals' bloodbath presented to the bench segment from a couple of nights ago, this is the exact opposite. I'm going to say that the Seahawks may, in fact, go on to be the least injured team in the league in 2023, which is going to give me more time to quote Pete Carroll on this show. We'll start with Kenneth Walker. So he's got an unremarkable injury history during his rookie season. Went on to play 15 games, nothing hanging over him over the off season. We're going to go 15, one 5% of the bench. For Kenneth Waller walk, excuse me, Kenneth Walker. Number two, Tyler Lockett. So he played in 16 games per season in seven of his eight seasons and played in 15 games in his one outlier year. So he's on the field, just about 16 games a season consistently. Again, nothing off season remarkable. We're going 10% of the bench. And lastly, DK Metcalf, in his four seasons, he has not missed a single regular season game. We're giving him a 5% only because we don't give zeros on this show, 5% of the bench. Collectively, those three guys have a 30% to the bench total.
0: Wow, that is very impressive indeed. Definitely your best grade thus far. Hopefully, that means big things for this Seattle team going into this season. All right, Doc, we're going to finish up the West tomorrow. We go see the 49ers. All right, we'll talk to you then, sir. All right, having some internet issues. Thank you, Spectrum. You suck. All right, let's go with our Seattle guest tonight. They're in the back waiting. I'm sorry, there's no Justin Herrera tonight because he usually gets them all fired up talking trash. He must have been afraid of this Seattle team. Let's bring in our guests to talk about it.
5: Our next stop on our summer tour, we go sleepless in Seattle. Pour yourself some coffee and welcome the Seattle Seahawks.
0: All righty. Let's get it going. Let's start. Welcome in our guests. Let's go Dan first. Seahawks. Dan, welcome into the studio, friend.
6: Thanks. It's uh, been a while since I've been on the podcast, but uh, I'm the former uh, co-host of IDP Nation uh, dealing with the defensive side of the ball. The side of the ball that gets ignored most of the time, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm super happy to be here and super happy to see uh, number 54 back in Seattle.
0: Nice. Indeed. Get fired up. Why not? And Dan, it's just like riding a bike, baby. It's all good. Mookie Alexander,
5: welcome it. Welcome into the studio, friend. Glad to be on, Kamish. Um, I tell you what, it's summertime. It's boiling. It's 90 degrees. I turned off the fan so it wouldn't interfere with the audio. But otherwise, I just can't wait for football. I was dreading last season entering the the 2022 season with the Seahawks and thinking this is going to be a slog to sit through. Well, I was wrong, and so were a lot of other people other than Lewis Riddick and a few others. This year, completely different feeling where I just can't wait for preseason to start. You know you're really feeling optimistic about your team when you're eager to watch preseason football.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Get fired up. I absolutely love it. All right, well, let's also welcome in the professor of belly-up sports, Kevin Wilson. Welcome into the studio, friend. Oh, glad to be
7: here, Commissioner, and... uh Just glad to see, uh, you know, the new digs over here that you guys got going on. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about the Seahawks and uh, see what we're going to come up with. And uh, it's too bad Justin's not here because I was really looking forward to having a few choice words with him. So uh, I guess I'll just have to hold that back and see what we can do when we are actually speaking one on one. Because, you know, 49ers, Seahawks, don't mix. We don't want them to mix. So, I'm going to have some uh, some words for Justin at some point. You could be sure about that. Yeah, I think he was running
0: scared tonight, Kevin. You got a little I afraid tonight. Is. I a believe so. And uh,
7: he's got every reason to be concerned.
0: <laughs> He'll be in tomorrow night, though. Don't you worry. I'm sure, I'm sure um, <laughs> we'll get a response then, nonetheless. All right, well, let's talk about last season. Um, you know, listen, not so bad as you mentioned earlier. Finished nine and eight, second in the NFC West. You did lose to the Niners in the wild card game. Offensively, big surprise, right? 10th. And points per game, 23.9. Yards per game, 350.4. That made you 13th. Passing yards per game was 12th, 231.2. Rush yards per game, 119.2. That made you 18th in the league. Now, defensively, struggle a little bit, right? Points per game, 24.6. That was 25th in the league. Yards against, 369.7. That was 28th. Passing yards per game, 217.7. That's 17th. Rush yards per game, big bugaboo there. Thirtieth in the league, one hundred and fifty-one point nine. All right, so let's go around the room real quick, Dan. Let's start with you. Give me three words or less. Sum up last season and expand on it for me. Uh, wrong about Gino. Uh,
1: I did
6: a <laughs> I did a podcast uh, last summer, and uh, yeah, I was railing against Gino. I wanted Drew Locke to start, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised with uh his just managing the game getting the ball I, I didn't think he could get the ball to dk and lock it enough to be useful like and especially in fantasy like somebody drafted him in, in our in my one home dynasty league and i laughed at him so uh, <laughs> so gino must have took that to heart he must have found out about it uh but pleasantly surprised um Still, still wish maybe we had something else that a quarterback, but uh, for the next couple years, yeah, I hope I just wish somebody was there to kind of maybe get ready because about two Uh, years uh, I see Gino, but yeah, I was definitely wrong about Gino last year.
0: Yeah, you never know who that prime. You never know who that guy in waiting may be. And yes, Geno Smith, boy, he surprised all of us for sure. Mookie, how about you, my friend? Give me three words or less, Sum up last season, and expand on it for me.
5: Pete wrote back. So not Geno wrote back. Uh, th- th- this is all about Pete Carroll to me because he gave Geno Smith the chance to start again when he hadn't been a full-time starter since 2014. And his tenure with the Jets, we know, was was disastrous, and, and he ended up um, – being a journeyman from from there on out. But Pete Carroll believed in Geno Smith. Even with the stuff we saw in Russell Wilson's absence in 2021, it didn't feel like Geno really had that leap in him to be a genuine starting quarterback. And he certainly proved us wrong on that front. He can be a legit starting quarterback in this league. Not saying he's going to be in the Mahomes or Jalen Hurts tier, but somebody who you can win games with. Now, that's a credit to Pete Carroll, but it's beyond just Geno it's the fact that Seattle has got this promising draft class um, already for this year with Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jim in the first round and Derek Hall and Zach Charbonnet in the second round, but also the success of the rookie group last year. Tariq Woolen ends up tying for the league lead in interceptions with six. Um, you had Charles Cross and Abe Lucas day one starting tackles. And normally that's a recipe for disaster. And they both played quite well relative to expectations. And then Kenneth Walker Rushed for over 1,000 yards, scored nine touchdowns. And that was as the backup running back for the first few weeks of the season because Rashad Penny was the starter and then he got hurt. So Walker had to come in and, and be the lead back. And he finished second in Offensive Rookie of the Year voting. So after the Russell Wilson trade with, and everything that went down, all the drama, Pete Carroll, you, you could have justified saying, you know, maybe, maybe this is the end for Pete's. And, and he's given us our absolute best years as fans, but maybe it's time to move on. Um certainly he wrote back in that sense because it's not just Geno, it's the draft class and it's also his philosophy on offense not defense, which I'm still very skeptical about but on offense, the expectation was all right, Geno's the quarterback going to run the ball a bunch it's going to be like 1970s looking football no, they were very willing to throw with Geno Smith and it worked pretty efficiently so um, Pete Carroll he, he definitely answered a lot of questions about what he can do post-Russell Wilson because we only had two years with him pre-Russell Wilson so now this is year two post-Russell Wilson, and the trajectory of this roster figures to be going up.
0: It it certainly does. Um, you know. And again, as you mentioned, you guys just – Pete Carroll just reloaded and right, got right back on after that trade. Um, and again, all due really to Geno Smith's play. Kevin, the professor, what say you? Three words or less, expand on it for well, me.
7: Well, I'm going to use the same word three times in a row, and that is wrong. Wrong, wrong. If you'll remember a year ago, we were on this very show. We were talking about the Seahawks, and we were talking about Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Please don't let it be true. And we were talking about them perhaps making a trade for Baker Mayfield. Fortunately, that did not occur. And uh, I was like, come on, we can do better at quarterback than this. And um, but Geno Smith went in there and he just blew the ever living doors off the place. Four thousand yards passing, thirty TDs. He led the league in completion percentage, and um, also he led the league in on-target passes. So, which would explain why he led the league in completion percentage. So, I was compl- I thought that the Seahawks won five games last year. And the first game, because they were playing, of course, Russell Wilson in that first game a year ago on Monday night. I thought, well, if they win that game, the season is success, no matter what happens after that. But they made the playoffs. And so fortunately they made the playoffs because if you remember against the Raiders, Mr. Uh, Jacob, he ran all over. The Seahawks, they had that game one late in the fourth, and all of a sudden Josh Jacobs busted out. Then he busted out in in, in overtime, and they won the game. And we're like, well, they're out of the playoffs. They they needed Green Bay to lose that last game, which you know, thanks to Detroit, they did. And so, wrong, 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 surprise all the way around. And so, I am much more. Optimistic and looking forward to this season than I ever won a year ago. Absolutely,
0: we were certainly not thinking what <laughs> this team was going to look was going to look like. Um, for sure, there was definitely like you know dealing with De- Geno Smith and the AFC East, looking at him in the Jets. I mean, it was just a joke there. Anywhere, it was just like there's no way Geno Smith is going to do anything in this offense. And man, man, oh man. Great coaching job by Pete Carroll all the way around. Now here's, we talked about what was, let's talk about what is. And this is why you have a lot of reason to be excited. Of all the teams that we've done so far, this is one of the few teams that I've seen that actually addressed the issues that were hurting them. A la for them, the defense, right? So, your marquee additions Bobby Wagner is back, Devin Bush, um, linebacker, Draymond Jones uh, for the interior line, Julian Love, safety. So, you're looking for some really key players um, and playmakers in the defensive. Um, And listen, what did you lose? Cody Barton, Ryan Neal, Marquise Goodwin, Travis Homer. I mean, eh, not a big loss, not big losses, a lot of big gains. And again, on the defensive side, the ball, look what you did in the draft Um, round, round one. You got two first round or yeah, two first round picks. Cornerback Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. You got Jackson Smith, and I always um, for, uh, mess up the last names uh, from Ohio State. Uh, Nick Jibba. Uh, I see, I still messed it up. Round two, Derek Hall, edge rusher from Auburn. Also in round two, as you mentioned earlier, Zach Charbonnet, um, You from UCLA. Round four, guard Anthony Bradford from LSU. Um, Cameron Young from Mississippi State. Mike Morris from Michigan. Center Alusagun uh, Alawu. Tom Timmy from Michigan, safety. You brought,
7: you brought on the power with that name right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you,
0: sir. Derek <laughs> <laughs> <Jerick laughs> Reed, uh, the second from New Mexico, and the final pick, Kenny McIntosh, Georgia running back. So again, addressing issues like this is one of it's not rocket science, guys. And you guys are definitely doing that. Let's go back around the room. We'll go opposite way. Kevin. Tell me what you think prediction-wise. What's going to go on with the Seahawks team this year?
7: I think that, uh, well, first of all, you know, Mr. Geno Smith, that's the question. Can he repeat? And I think he can because they, uh, as you mentioned, they've addressed that offensive line, which they never really did when Russell Wilson was there, but they have addressed it. Geno Smith, he can stay upright. Uh, The Seahawks have. Arguably one of the – not one of – it is the best wide receiver room in, in, in football. And so Tyler Lockett, everybody always waits for him to take a step off the curb and never return, but he's always Tyler Lockett. D.K. Metcalf is, is a beast. And whatever style they wish to play on offense, whether they go three wide receiver set or they decide to go two running backs, Either way, that works. Their offense is going to be set. Just have to figure out where the tight end is going to come into all this. Maybe, maybe not, because they've never been able to figure out what, what, what role a tight end should play. But to everything else, their offense is set. Their offensive line is much better. The defense is going to be better. It has to be better. And so uh, fortunately for them, they don't have to fly clear to Germany this year to play. You know, the, the, the Buccaneers, because nobody travels more than the Seahawks every single year. And so I think that uh, when it all is said and done, we're looking at a 10-win team, 10 wins. I don't know what the over-under is on their win total, but I'm going to go 10, maybe 11 wins. And they're going to give the 49ers every last bit they can possibly take to go down for this division. It's theirs. The other two, Rams cancel Christmas, forty or the uh, Arizona, we don't even know where they are. They don't know where they are. So it's a two-team race, and I think the Seahawks can stay right with them, if not beat the 49ers for the division. I'm 100%
0: with you. Amuki, what say you? Well, give me a prediction for this year for the Seahawks team.
5: Well, it's interesting because as much as I praise the Seahawks for how they performed last year, I should add – there was some fortune to the way their schedule broke. And by that, I mean the AFC West looked like that was going to be the absolute gauntlet of a division. And it was really just the Chiefs and Chargers. And they beat, Kansas, uh, beat uh, Los Angeles, but Denver and Russell Wilson, that, was, that went off the rails very quickly. And then the Raiders, whom they lost to, ended up being <laughs> a, a, a very up and down team all year. E- even against the NFC South, they got swept by the NFC South, and not one of those teams went above 500. So they had a favorable schedule. And they didn't have a lot of great wins on the resume as a result. This year, on paper, this looks like a much tougher schedule than last season because they got to play the NFC East, meaning Dallas made the playoffs, the Giants made the playoffs, the Eagles made the Super Bowl. And then you've got the AFC North, which is loaded with Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, and a new offensive coordinator. You got Cincinnati, which almost made the Super Bowl again. Um, Cleveland is a wild card, depending on how Deshaun Watson looks in year two there. And then, um, you got Pittsburgh and and the fact that they seemingly can never finish below 500 with Mike Tomlin. So just those two divisions alone makes it a tougher schedule in theory. It could all fall apart at any given moment. Um, But on the plus side, the NFC West got worse last year because of the Rams falling off and ditto Arizona. It doesn't look like the Rams and the Cardinals are going to be much better this year. Even if Kyler Murray is ahead of schedule and he's able to play that roster is, is not built to, to win many games this year at all. So the best case for Seattle is that they have essentially are starting with four wins, sweeping the Rams and sweeping the Cardinals again. So it's a matter of finding even five because this is not a particularly deep conference this year, the NFC. They could go nine and eight again and, and make the playoffs. But I think to win the division with the way that the 49ers are just loaded with talent everywhere, they probably need to get 12 or 13. I think they'll fall a little bit short of that. I think 10 and seven or 11 and six works. Uh, just looking at the schedule and, and projecting how teams are going to be. But the future of the Seahawks' success, at least for this season, is really dependent on the offense. And that sounds crazy to say because of how bad the defense was, but we have seen middling defenses and bad defenses be carried to deep playoff runs before. It is so hard in today's NFL to carry a bad offense to an an AFC or NFC championship or even the Super Bowl. Like the, the Rex Grossman days of guys like him making the Super Bowl, those are pretty much over. So if Geno Smith can continue to improve, that's going to be the big key. If he regresses, then this is going to be difficult. But you've got Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. That could be an electrifying deal with very contrasting styles. Walker's the speed and power guy. Charbonnet is, is kind of the power guy and kind of the Chris Carson replacement, I guess you could say. The receiver group is just – I'm so excited to see Smith and Jigba alongside Metcalf and Lockett. I do hope that they rework the way that they throw the ball to Metcalf because he might have gotten 90 catches last year but his depth of target has dropped each year since his rookie season. So I'd rather he not be a possession receiver and instead be somebody you use in space where his world-class speed can be put to to, to the greatest use. If they can improve their yards after catch, improve the way that they can scheme their tight ends on the play action boots and all that, it's going to be hard to defend just all the skill position players. The offensive line is going to be a question mark, but I, I, I will... Um, Say one thing to to combat the idea that Seattle didn't um, invest or or didn't really address the offensive line under Russell Wilson. They did. They did it really, really poorly by signing Luke Joe Cole and Jamarcus Webb and so many just bad offensive linemen who shouldn't have been starting. But you've got your two franchise tackles in theory. Damian Lewis, contract here, he's been a solid player at left guard. Right guard, don't know if it's Phil Haynes or Anthony Bradford, but I'm pretty high on Bradford being a starter. And then Evan Brown is probably going to win the starting job over Timmy. And he was a solid center in Detroit, and he can play guard if needed. So this is the least expensive line in the NFL, but it's not like the Seahawks' least expensive line when Russell Wilson was a quarterback. This is an offensive line that together is young and really cohesive, and I think that if the line can hold up, they can keep getting better, and Geno can get better. Um, This offense can really take take to new heights and be a top-five unit, and that alone should be enough to make them a playoff team. I love it. I love it, indeed. Uh, Dan, what do you
0: say? Give me a prediction for this year.
6: I think ten wins is pretty accurate. Um, I'm a defensive guy, so uh, going to look at the defensive side. I think the offense is pretty well broken down uh, by these two gentlemen. Uh, but Bobby being back is huge. Uh, I think just the mentor Brooks. Uh, Brooks is going to miss probably half the season, if not more, with his uh, injury. I think it was an ACL last year, towards the end of the year. So, you know, that's why they signed Devin Bush. Devin Bush kind of – a lot of hype in Pittsburgh. Uh, didn't quite – you know, he had a couple good seasons, but I think uh, they could use him for his strengths, you know, in in the defense. Um, but what they did, Julian Love can help with coverage uh, kind of – do things that Jamal Adams doesn't really do and let Jamal Adams do more of what he likes to do blitz basically be a linebacker and, uh, kind of be that, you know, wild card. And hopefully he stays healthy. You know, he was pretty much injured first couple weeks last year. We never really got to see what he can do. Um, I regret that trade every day of (laughs) his existence because you just look at the players the Jets got for, for, for him. And you're like, he's barely played when he is playing, you know, he, he racks up some sacks when he does play, but wasn't really that playmaker that we expected to get uh, in that trade. But, um, you know, Reek, I guess it's not Tyreek anymore. It's just Reek, uh, Wolin, uh, and Weatherspoon. I'm really looking forward to, to those two, um, just to see if, if, that's always been a weak spot uh, for the team since the Legion of Boom kind of dissipated was you could throw on the Seahawks all day long and run on them, too. Um, they brought back Jerron Reed, who uh, was great. They, they kind of... Uh, Draymond Jones uh, was kind of mad he didn't get traded to the Seahawks when they made that trade. He wanted to come to Seattle. Uh, so he kind of takes the place of Shelby Harris, which is nice. They did a lot to bring in some young guys. Apparently Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh had a meeting and got a bunch of Michigan guys in here. Uh, So looking forward to the defensive side of the ball being better. They're going to have to be, if you're matching up, you know, you're trying to match up with the NFC arms race of Philly and the 49ers is pretty much who you're playing against. Um, That's who you're aiming for. I mean, Detroit, a lot of people are hyping up Detroit, but you got to be able to stop the rushing attacks of San Francisco and, yeah. and Philly if you have any chance of making it deep in the playoffs. So I think they did a decent job. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think with this team, doesn't matter who the D7's coordinator is. It's kind of Pete Carroll's kind of system. You got to get pressure and you got to cover. So, <laughs> and, and it's, if they can do that, then 10, 10 11 wins is pretty doable.
0: I think that's totally doable. Indeed. I like their chances for that. All right. Well, listen, it's time to pick up the pace a little. I'm going to bring in my boy Nick. Actually, we're going to play a little fantasy quiz show. I got to even up the teams, though. So I brought in brought in Mr. Flanders. He's going to be team up with our professor, Kevin, because, you know, you guys are old buddies, right? So right, exactly.
7: Nick, man, Come so, on, Nick. We're going places,
0: so, man. Oh, Nick and Kevin on one side, we're going to have Mookie and Dan on the other. What we're going to do is play fantasy quiz. Show Seahawks edition. And basically it works just like family feud. I'm going to pair you guys up, ask you a question, shout out the answer. Whoever gets the highest will win it for their team. You guys will get a chance to finish out the round. Obviously, if you get something wrong, you'll get an X, you'll get three <laughs> X's. The other team Gets a chance to steal. Basically, it's Family Feud. All right, well, let's get it on. It's time for the Fantasy Quiz Show Seahawks Edition. There seems to be no sign of intelligence.
1: It's the Fantasy Quiz Show. Uh, Justin
0: Jefferson. <laughs> Justin
1: Jefferson.
0: It's going to be a long game.
1: <laughs> Not.
0: Going to be a long game, not going to be a long game tonight. We got Seahawks experts in the building. We're going to go Kevin and Mookie first up in round one. All right. So, again, just shout it out if you know it, and we'll go down the line. Top five answers on the board, gentlemen. Here is your question. I am looking all time Seahawks history. I want to know your top five Rush TD leaders. Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander. He's numero uno on the list with 100. So Mookie has earned it for his team. Dan, what say you? Uh, I will go with uh, Chris Warren. Chris Warren, he's number four on this list with 52. Mookie, what say you, my friend? Marshawn Lynch, Peace Mode, baby. Peace Mode. <laughs> Marshawn, number two on the list with 52. Eight. All right, Dan. You're missing three and five. No strikes. What say you, Ricky Waters? Ricky Waters. Yeah. Not on the list, sir. Mookie, He's there for a short time.
5: Kurt Warner with a C.
0: Kurt Warner. Definitely not with a K. All right, let's go to Dan. What say you? Recent time to be Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Yeah. Mookie, number five is still there, my friend. You got one strike remaining. Can you seal it for your team?
5: John L. Williams.
0: Shaunell Williams,
1: <laughs>
0: not on the <laughs> list. Nick and Kevin, you can talk this out. I don't know how much Nick uh, help Nick's going to be, although he has been our historian um, when we play these games. Uh, pretty impressed with his knowledge, but you know we'll see. Can you guys talk this out? You're looking for number five on this list.
2: I was gonna Can go, John. I, I was gonna go John L., but that's uh, not no, it's not Chris Carson. Uh, oh man, Kurt Warner from Penn State,
7: he was already on there. I'm thanks for I'm checking gonna in, say, Janie. I want to say, Nick, I want to say Sherman Smith. Never heard of him, sure. Go ahead, <laughs> Sherman Smith. <laughs> final answer is <laughs> uh, he the like paint guy?
0: Nick's gonna be
7: he might Nick's gonna, gonna be
0: Nick's gonna be great help for you you can tell tonight, on
7: the power right here I'm sorry
0: I gave you a weak link but let's go with sherman <laughs> Smith <laughs> that is on the board he is number five on the list 28. Rushing TDs made him number five all time. All right, let's go to Nick and Dan. You guys are up for round number two. This should be exciting. Top five answers are on the board. I'm sorry, I take that back. Top six answers are on the board. Here is the question. I'm still looking all time history But let's switch up a bit. I want to know winning percentages. And I want to know the teams you have the best winning percentage against.
6: San Diego Chargers.
0: The San Diego Chargers. Nick? Uh, Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay
1: Buccaneers.
0: (laughs) Dan, you're back in it. Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. So, uh sorry, I had my guy's not here to do the buttons, and I gotta flip back and forth. <laughs> all, right. all right, Nick, what say you? Panthers. The Carolina Panthers. All right, Nick coming through. Good job. Carolina Panthers on this list, number four all time, eight They're and on four. <laughs> they're tied <laughs> they're tied with two other teams with a 667 winning percentage so good job you got number 4 kevin what's your
7: next guess i am going to go ahead and say detroit lions the detroit lions
0: And you're going to hear him roar indeed. The Lions, number two all time. You guys are 11 and five all time against the Lions. All right, let's go back to Nick. Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville is on this list. They are tied with the Panthers. You're six and three all time, again, with a 667 winning percentage. All right, you guys are racking it up right now. You got number two, you got number four, and you got number five. Kevin, do you got something else? Help out the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. So they are, because of winning percentage, number one on this list. You guys are four and one all time against the Texans. That's an 800 winning percentage. I figured percentage. they hadn't played them very much. And they are pretty much on everyone's list as well. Nick, you got <laughs> another guess? Cleveland? The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that was a total so, guess. So so what's funny about it, though, is that the Seahawks actually are on the their list is pretty much all the teams that were pretty much bad or have been bad. Um, it actually rolled tonight together. Number three all-time, and 13-6, you guys are, against the Browns. You're missing number six on this list. Kevin, do you know it? Okay,
7: let's go with the... The Rams, the Rams, Nick.
2: I don't know, but let's go Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcon. Falcons, dirty okay. like this. All
0: right, you got one strike left. Janie watching right now says it's the Dallas Cowboys. What say you, Kev? Uh.
7: Why not? Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas... Go with JD's guest, the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Stop it. Get some help.
0: (laughs) All right. Mookie and Dan, can you steal this away? We did all the heavy
7: lifting for you guys. You can talk amongst yourselves. I think think using the
6: strategy of teams we haven't played very much, I've seen... I, I watched, I went down to Baltimore to watch them beat the Ravens the one time. They had very nice fans. They were very courteous to us.
5: I think it might be the Eagles because the Eagles have yeah. yet to beat Carroll in the playoffs either. And I remember the famous 42 nothing shutout uh, when yes. Mike Holger was coaching, they had a massive shutout win when Dennis Erickson was coaching. I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles
0: so i'll tell you what um i'll give you both of them and they're both wrong <laughs> it was the vikings are number no. six side all time they are you guys are 12 and six all time against the minnesota vikings all right you guys are one up to one mano Imano, kevin mookie you're back up top five answers on the board i'm going back to that winning percentage but I'm going to go opposite end. I want to know the teams you got the worst winning percentage
7: against Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs.
0: They are number two on this list 19 and 34 all wow. time, you guys are with a 358 average. Amuki, you got a chance here to take it away. Can he give me the number one answer?
5: There was a lot of losing going on in the NFC, AFC days. So, um, true. I go with the Raiders. The Raiders.
7: Not on the list, Nick. Do you guys get very happy? The Raiders are not on the list.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stay within division. I'm gonna go with the Broncos. The Broncos. Let's
0: ride. The Broncos, you guys are 20 and 35 all-time. A 364 average. That makes you number three all-time. Kev, what else you got?
7: All right. Let's go. I tried the Rams once before. How about the Rams? the rams no on the
0: list nick what say you pittsburgh the pittsburgh steelers not on the list either kevin got
8: anything
7: all right so green bay packers the green bay packers Cocaine is a hell of a drug.
0: I thought they would have Yes, on. it is, and it doesn't yeah. make me right tonight. Let's go with Mookie and Dan. There's a lot of meat on this bone. All you got to do is take one little nibble, talk amongst yourselves, give me a concise answer.
5: Ooh, this is a tough one because we picked a couple of AFC West teams, and I think only uh, the Chiefs were on there. Pretty sure they beat the Chargers a lot. Um yeah, the Broncos it, run there. so They've won consistently against most of the NFC West opposition, so it's probably got to be one of those teams that they tend not to play a whole lot. So either like recent years when they're playing AFC teams every four years, ooh, they're 20-something teams to pick from.
1: Yeah.
6: <laughs> uh, the stupid Patriots, I don't know.
5: Yeah, it could be the Patriots. I'm wondering about Buffalo, but they probably didn't play Buffalo a lot, and, and they've yeah, they've had Buffalo's. a mix against them recently. So yeah. hmm. A- NFC East, I mean Dallas, Philadelphia. I mean, we, I said Philadelphia, but I'm sure they got a good record against them. Not guessing yeah. Dallas again after the last guess attempt. Um whatever reason, they, they don't beat the Saints very often. haven't played them a whole lot in the regular season this is winning percentage regular season and postseason right
8: right correct
5: hmm that makes things more difficult yeah
7: isn't there a bell here at some point all right there's about to be (laughs) all right so, so i think
0: we're we're leaning saints or do we are we going with an nfc east or an afc
5: east team what are we doing I think I got to throw throw one curveball here. The Chicago Bears.
0: What are you? Are you, are you really good with that, Dan? Yeah, we'll go with the Bears. The Bears. The Chicago Bears.
5: You idiot!
0: Oh my friend, you were so it was right there on the tip of your tongue. The New Orleans Saints were on this list. They're number four all time, oh. six and ten all time, a three hundred and seventy-five average. Number one on the list, the Commanders. You guys are six and thirteen all time against Washington, and number that's not five. That's
7: hang your hat on. That's for sure.
0: And mm. number five, it's America's team, the Miami
7: Dolphins. Should have figured you'd have the Dolphins come in here at some point, some way. We got, you know, I got a plug, uh, got to plug. America's team. All right,
0: let's get it on. We're going now to it's two one right now, so the stakes are really high. We're going back to Nick and Dan. We're going all time Seahawks history. What I want to know: top five answers on the board. I'm looking for your pass throne TD leaders Dave Craig Dave Craig he's number two on the list 195 what say you Mr. Dan go with uh I think Russ broke a
6: lot of
1: records
0: Russell
6: Wilson
0: Russell Wilson is number one, 292 all time. You got it. All right, Mookie, what say you?
5: Matt Hasselback.
0: Matt Hasselback. He's number three. We're going down the list, 174. Dan, what say you? Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn. these boys are on fire 107 we're looking for number five mookie can you sweep it out
5: john kitna john kitna
0: Oh, we got to love it indeed. Great job bringing it up two to two. You guys swept that round like it was nothing. All right, let's get get... on the board, Nick. What's up?
2: (laughs) I got on the board. You didn't get on the board.
0: I couldn't even open my mouth. (laughs) Nick was quiet. All right, hey, listen. This is one of the few times we've gotten to round five. This is our final round fight. Mookie. Kevin, let's get it on. Top five answers are on the board. Here is your question. I'm going all-time history again, and I'm looking for your pass receiving touchdown leaders. Steve Logit. Steve Logit. Oops. I almost hit the X. I got a I, my space wasn't not very good. It's like, what took you so long I'm to get Steven, that one out? I'm, I'm his love child. Of course, I'm not going to hit the X. He is numero uno <laughs> on this list. One hundred receiving TDs for Mr. Stevie Largent. All right, Nick, what do you got?
2: Oh, Who the hell else caught passes? Um, uh, Brian Blades. Brian Blades. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry. What do you got? Yeah, I'm
2: not good at this one. I will <laughs> not be good at this one. I will be of little use to you on Mr. this one. Mr. Kyler
0: Lockett. Kyler
1: Lockett.
2: He's
0: number two on the list with 54. Nick, can you get on the board here?
2: I'm going to hope it's flipping DK Metcalf. DK <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, right, I'm just gonna shout
2: baby. out for the rest of the show. All right, I'm Kevin, sure.
0: save it, save it. What else you got here? What else, you got another guess? Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. <laughs> Doug Baldwin, number three forty with forty nine. You're we're missing four and five. Nick, come on, save yourself here. Anything?
2: I got a name, but I know I know it's not it. Go ahead. I'm gonna say it anyway, Bobby Ingram. Bobby Ingram. Why? Why?
1: Why? Why? Why?
0: Why? Nick, why? why you- All right, Mookie <laughs> and Dan, talk this out. You got a little bit of meat left with number four and five on this list.
5: Can you nibble for the win? DJ wasn't that bad a guess. Uh, Daryl Jackson. I think yeah, it is in the top five. Daryl sure, yeah.
0: Jackson Darryl for Jackson. the W. <laughs> You guys nailed it. He is number four on the list with 47 and number five, Joey Galloway, number five with 37. How do you like that? All right. Well, that makes two guys here winners tonight. Congratulations to Dan and Mookie. You're tonight's winners. And uh, well Nick and Kevin and We won in second knows. place. Yes. Nick Nick and Kevin already know about our tradition on our show, so it's nice <laughs> that at least it's our buddies that get to be the loser tonight.
2: Yeah, not Leroy.
7: So you're telling me there's a chance
0: no chance at <laughs> all
7: tonight all right let's go no, around the, the road. road left nick on the side of the road on that, on that deal right there. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why i, I, I don't do the baseball
2: show anymore i handicapped you
0: tonight bro i'm so sorry all right let's go around <laughs> the room let's get everyone to plug themselves we're going to take a quick break after this and we'll do our fantasy focus um you guys are more than welcome to stay but if you got a dip i totally understand that's your opportunity to do so let's plug eat let's get you plugged now. Dan, where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content? Uh
6: Matt Seahawks Dan eight on pretty much everything. Um, I don't really do much content anymore. Uh, check out. Uh, I still hang out in the uh, IDP Nation Patreon uh, chat to just bother Daryl mainly, my uh, old co-host. Uh, one of my biggest hobbies is just busting his chops constantly and making his life miserable uh but idp nation is, is the the podcast i left in good hands with him uh and like i said i just chime in there with some some stuff so if you like idp check it out you can check Go out the check old it. episodes they're they're much better than new ones but
0: <laughs> back, back when i wonder why he says that right uh, you know, old old day, day, day not was, to
2: listen <laughs> Mookie,
0: where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content, sir?
5: Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Mookie Alexander. It's as it's spelled on the screen there. And of course, I'm the managing editor. I'm the head honcho on the Big Cheese over at Field Goals as part of the SB Nation network. I also do occasional work on the main sbnation.com websites. So yes, that that is my primary place of work. In a past life, I used to write about the UFC and MMA and boxing and all that, but now I am focused 100% on the Seahawks. So go ahead and follow me, not just on my personal account, but I also run the Field Goals account, which is at Field Goals on Twitter.
0: Field Goals, what a great name. Got to love it. Let's go Seahawks for all your great stuff there. Kevin, Professor, where can we follow? Subscribe you're your great stuff.
7: Oh, you can always follow me at Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. And uh, always, uh, unlike Nick, I am in the deep end when it comes to fantasy baseball. You can go to the Belly Up Fantasy website. There are tons of articles from me on all kinds of different fantasy baseball subjects. There's an article that comes out from me every single week. And uh, also, uh, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central, Chase and I are in the Belly Up Fantasy live football show. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. We've been talking about uh, the different kind of leagues and strategies for those leagues. So you'll definitely want to check that out. And then what Dick uh, alluded to earlier is uh, the, uh, the the fantasy baseball show that Vince and I are on. It's on Sunday nights at seven central. And so uh, check us out there and uh of course, when football comes around, I'm sure I'll have some articles on that as well. So get over to the Belly Up Fantasy website and just check out Kevin Wilson. You will most certainly find something.
0: All right, indeed. And Nick Nick wants you to check out the earlier episodes of the baseball show that he was kicked out of because they were maybe a little better, maybe. All right, so. We're than you are now. all right let's take our break we got kevin murray in the back waiting on us and of course the judge is back as well let's get time for our fantasy focus we're going to take a quick break if you guys got to head out good luck to your seahawks and thank you so much for coming in if not please stick around and we're going to get our fantasy focus on we'll be right back
4: Fantasy
8: Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column
0: with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive
8: promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent Good girl.
0: Good girl, Gingerbread. All right, Kevin Murray, welcome in, my friend. Uh, appreciate you coming in tonight. Hey, it's an absolute pleasure to be here all right well we're gonna get it on it's time to do a fantasy some fantasy focus on these seahawks Well, we always begin our fantasy focus with the QB, and what an interesting QB to talk about indeed. I got Geno Smith 13th this year. Um, obviously, he's was grown to a big old man last season. Um, again, we talked about it all pre, you know, we were talking about it during our prep prior, a lot of. Hate really for Geno Smith last year. It was pretty much looked at as a joke. I know I laughed a few times, like, ha ha, can't wait to see what this Seahawks team looks like. Boy, foot insert in mouth. And man, those fantasy owners last year got a huge late round steal. Um, and I like Geno Smith to pick up right where he left off with the additions they've made. Um, again, on the offense, they've just only gotten better um, uh, and defensively as well. So I like Geno Smith this year. They're, they're not afraid to throw it downfield with him, and I expect them to continue to do that. Um, Geno Smith, for me, QB 13. Uh, Judge Jordan, I know you've been patiently waiting in the back. What say you, my friend?
3: Well, I don't exercise patience too often, but I did in this case, and – If I exercise a lot of patience in my drafts, I may just come away with a share or two of Geno Smith. But man, I got to tell you, when I'm going through these rankings, Geno is probably the hardest player in the league to rank. Like you, you want to love this guy and you want to rank him high but you go through the quarterbacks and and, and you look at it one after another. And I just think there's still a little bit of a limited ceiling with the guy as much as I love him. And I love the story. I'm not too far off of consensus here. Um, I do have him at quarterback 15 coming into the season.
0: The more that I'm sitting here talking out loud to, I will say it is possible to see a little bit of regression only because of what did we talk about earlier? They made the right moves defensively, so they might not see that team that's down all the time that you saw last season, perhaps. But we shall see. Kevin, what? Kevin Murray, welcome in. I know you just got in, so let's get you warmed up. What do you say? What do you say about Geno Smith this year?
8: You know, I like him. I think uh, you know i was a I was a recipient of some of his success last year in some leagues. Uh, obviously, he was affordable. I mean, he was just easy, easy to pick up as anybody, uh, and he shocked everybody. I think he's he's uh, he's got the talent. He, they added more weapons. The offensive line is going to be stronger. You know, like like the judge said, I, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I I probably prefer in drafts. But if you're going to take that late round strategy, Gino's Gino's ideal. I think that again, I think he's he's poised. Uh, he looks. Like he's got that swaggery, looks good right now. It seems like there's a lot of reports on his on his leadership as well. The team's definitely rallied around him. I think he's uh, I think he's poised to have a, a better year than he did last year. Uh, even, I mean, the statistics might come out the same, and he was super hot to start out last year. Finished a little slower. Um, I'm expecting a little more consistency. Obviously, they're gonna pound the run game this year uh, as as best they can. Uh, but I think Gino's gonna be super consistent in all those weapons. Uh, he's, a, he's a great value if you're looking for a late-round quarterback.
0: Well, we do know, especially at the goal line, Pete Carroll likes to throw that football post to run it. <laughs> Nick, let's say you?
1: Yeah,
2: dumbest move of all time. Um, so, <laughs> according yeah, to we our – We don't
7: need to talk about that any further. All
2: right. <laughs> yeah, Cooper will allow us to anyway. Um, so, our friends over there at uh, Fancy Pros last year ranked Geno Smith as the fifth ranked quarterback last last year. And I, you know, I had openly said, you know, check the tapes, that Seattle was openly admit, admitting, hey, we're tanking. We're rolling with Geno Smith, right? Well, uh, apparently it's good to know that they're in the building and they they know what the hell is go- going on because I sure as hell didn't. Uh, Geno Smith, I'll tell you what, I picked him up on a, on a waivers last, last year and then I traded him and it uh, worked out for me a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you what, I was dead wrong about geno smith i don't see how he is going to regress the only thing that might hurt owners is that they might be chasing the points from last year and jump up and grab him too early uh other than that i mean i think he's gonna run with whatever he had last year he's got the same coaches the same offensive line um Pretty much the same players, so I don't see him taking a step back. At, at 34, he's improving, not regressing, which is odd.
0: I like the analysis. What say you, Professor Kevin? What do you say about Gino?
7: Well, he certainly won't be the value that he was a year ago because, like Nick just said, you could got him, you could get him off waivers. That's not going to happen this year, but I think that he could be. Still a pretty good value play because, uh, you know, all the so-called experts always say don't draft a quarterback till later on in the draft. But when you're in it with actual living human beings, the quarterbacks start flying off the board by the third round. And so if you wait a little bit and don't get sucked into that, you can get Geno Smith a little bit later and come away with a major value play. And uh, I think about thirteenth is about right, but I it, it wouldn't just be a stretch for him to get into that top ten. Yeah. And uh, anywhere in there, if you can get him later in your draft, that will be a major bomb for you because then you can get your core, your running backs and your wide receivers, you know, earlier in the draft while people are trying to scramble around and you know to get a, get get a quarterback. But if you just have a little patience. You can wind up with Geno Smith and still be right there with with your quarterback play. I, I, I think that'll really, really work when you're not, you know, dealing with so called experts, which, you know, when we're in our home leagues, there aren't any experts in there. They might think they are. But there hasn't been a draft yet where I have have not seen quarterbacks start flying off the board way earlier than than they probably should. But be little patient and you can come away with major value. Yeah,
0: Professor, you have no idea. I mean, I draft with Nick, so you're right. I don't draft with any experts at all. Dan, what say you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: I I I don't you, know if I want to hinge my fantasy season on Geno Smith. Uh DFS lineups, I'll throw them in some DFS lineups. Uh but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he produces about the same as he did last year. Um, week to week, though, you never know what Pete's going to want to do. You know, he – he. That same we'll, – we'll get to the wideouts, but you never know what the game plan is necessarily going to focus on that particular week. So in best ball, sure. Super flex, sure. Uh, if he's your only QB – Maybe a backup, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to rely on Gino for my full season QB uh,
0: necessarily. So uh, I'll be the uh, the contrarian here. I think the um, overall consensus is, though, he is the he is that guy you can build your team, not necessarily around him, but get some value meat and potatoes, as I like to call it, to that roster of yours, then come in later and have a nice Geno Smith icing on the cake for that roster. So I think that's kind of the consensus of where we're at here with Geno. Let's move on to the running back situation with Kenneth Walker. Now, here's some cool stats about Kenneth Walker from weeks. 16 to 17, he was RB8 with Rashad Penny going on the IR, and he was RB9 in points per game. Bottom line, Kenny Walker showed out last year. Really, really like uh, his upside. Now, for me, this is why I like having our experts in because I'm uh, I have him 16th because I'm a little concerned about Charbonnet with that draft pick. So that's why I like. Having my experts in, and you guys can tell me from Seattle's perspective what you think. But I'm going to go on to my co host first, Jordan. I know you've been in the back. What do you say about Kenny Walker and this just these uh, Russian attack for the Seahawks? So, Man, I am a huge
3: fan of what Seattle did in this draft as far as a real-life team goes. But in my fantasy teams, I'm not going to say it's making me out on any of these players, but it it probably made me bump them down a little bit. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba – or, sorry, I think uh, Zach Charbonnet is – going to be a really good running back in this league. That's actually who I wanted my Dallas Cowboys to be targeting um, in the second round. He's a super talented kid. Um, I do think it'll be a one a one B type situation later in the season. I think at least as we get started, we'll see a lot more um, Kenneth Walker, But, I mean, when you look around the NFL these days, all the good teams have a committee. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm scared of uh, Zach Charbonnet coming in and, you know, just plummeting Kenneth Walker's value or anything like that. I think, again, just a smidge lower than him on consensus. I have him as RB17 right now.
0: Just a
2: a smidge. Nick, what do you say? Uh, Well, I say that. This owner, right, this expert right here finished as our toilet bowl winner two years ago. So uh <laughs> See, he had to throw the- that in
1: there. Dude, he had I, it in I, there. I was Dude, waiting for it. it. You want to years, throw some dirt?
0: 20 years, bro. 20 years. I got four titles, so let's let's move on.
2: Yeah, but I never won a toilet bowl like you did. So anyway, anyway, uh I have him at 17 and I think he's he's right where, where he's supposed to be because I think what from what uh, Cooper said, and from and from what uh, judge, judge said, he's going to take off in the in the beginning, and then they're going to slowly work in Charbonnet. So uh, he's going to take off early, but then he may give way to carries later on. So 17 is right where he should be, but I think he's going to have at least a 1,400 yard yard season.
0: Right, and you can't predict injuries, but you know, obviously, if one of these guys go down, you got a really uh, great uh, potential. Because um, other than that, it's DJ Dallas, um, and that's about it. Kevin, we'll start with you on this. Where you got those running backs?
8: Yeah, you know, I love, I love Kenneth Walker. I loved him coming out last year. Obviously, last year at, in Seattle, he was he was phenomenal. I mean, he's he's incredibly talented. I got him in my main league as a keeper. You know, I got a I got a Kenneth Walker jersey. I was ready to go, and the fear was what what they do what they did in the draft was picking up a guy like Charbonnet. I, I didn't expect that they'd go that rich on a on a backup, uh, but I don't think they see him as a backup because that that kid is super talented. Uh, everything I've ever heard about Charbonnet, you know, out of UCLA was is positive, and then it's not just physical. I mean, he's so talented, dynamic, um, but the personality, the the character is is very. Uh, uh, it's, it's very strong, and so I think he's just going to be a guy that, that, that Pete loves. I think they're going to love his versatility. I think he's definitely going to have a role in the, uh, on the roster uh, and, and contribute you know, pretty early on. I, I agree that Walker's probably going to start out uh, get, getting the most of the, the work, but um, you know, I love Walker. Obviously, I feel like you know, after draft, his ADP dipped uh, quite a bit. Uh, right now I feel like he's kind of like, or I guess the expectations after last se- season was going to be a first round type pick. And then draft happens, ADP dips. I think he's kind of right in the right, the correct range, you know, somewhere in the upper teens. Um, you know, it's easy to say, okay, this is not a situation we want because this Charbonnet might steal a lot of the work goal line or, or, uh, or third down. Uh, but look at the guys around Walker in those late teens. I think I'd rather roll the dice on Walker than a lot of these guys. So I still love him. I probably not going to draft a lot of him just because at that value, at that range, I might be selecting, uh, uh, you know, wide receivers or whatnot. Um, So I'm a little concerned in with Charbonnet. You know, I think he's, I think he's a great value in drafts because if Walker goes down, that guy's going to have some incredible uh, uh, stretches for sure. Indeed. I like it. Dan, what do you say about these running backs?
6: I think before the draft, you know, Walker was a, you know, seen as a round one, you know, top RB one candidate. He he drops down in that borderline RB one, R B two conversation now just because of that threat to the steel work. Uh, but I think really Pete Carroll always kind of wants somebody to go in. I mean, the the Seahawks have always had kind of a guy that they could, you know, rely on. You know, they had you know Lynch and Carson were a duo for, for a time, and Carson and Penny. We've always had kind of the the next guy there. Yeah, Maurice Morris back in the day, uh, backing up Alexander. You know, being a change of pace back. So Seattle typically is always. Yeah, you know, the the second guy may not have always been as talented as Charbonnet is, but uh, Pete's going to want to run the ball. So I think both these guys will. Charbonnet, I don't know. He's probably more of a RB3-ish, you know, maybe. Uh, but dynasty-wise, I like both of them. Um, you know, if I had Kenneth Walker, I was a little bummed that he took another running back. But, uh, you know, still looking for touchdowns, run the ball. Um, and I, I still take them. Redraft, uh might let somebody else take them. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with that headache. Um, but then again, if injury strikes, one of these guys is going to take off. Uh, if, if either one of them get injured, yeah, they'll just get full workload.
0: Yes, indeedy. Um, well, Professor, what do you say? Get in there. What do you like with these running backs?
7: Well, I'm, I'm pretty much going to echo what, uh, what everyone's saying right here. Before uh, the draft, Walker was right there. It's one of the top ten running backs and if you had him on your dynasty team and the draft day came around your your mouth fell open a little bit not quite to the extent of tyler algiers if you owned him <laughs> which he went from a thousand yard rusher to you know he ain't worth a nickel now but uh but it's certainly going to affect both of these guys are going to affect each other and it, it's you'd think that walker would be the the, the lead guy, but they didn't take Sharp, and to leave him on the bench. <coughs> Excuse me. I think both of these guys might might be able to be RB twos. Yeah. It's possible, depending on what kind of offense they want to play. And um, but uh, I would feel just a little bit uneasy. And uh, and 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 Dan said, just let some maybe somebody else, you know, deal with that kind of scenario. Even though in the NFL nowadays, everybody's running a committee running back, so. What are you gonna do? But uh, if if you draft somebody maybe up in the first round, one of the guys that's our you know no committee guy, then you you don't have to worry so much about it. But uh, I think that maybe uh, 15th for Walker, and I'm gonna go 22 for for uh, Charbonnet and 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 just roll with it and see what what they come up with.
0: All right, a likey. All right, let's talk about these receivers. All right, listen, DK Metcalf, he's an obvious guy to get, right? I mean, hello, um, RB and like maybe end and excuse me, low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two, Tyler Lockett probably about the same range as as the professor alluded to earlier. All you hear about is people doubting this guy, and every year he comes to play. So you've got to love Tyler Lockett no matter what. I'm not going to sit here and give you a bunch of stats about two guys that are good all the time. The um, the rookie, Jackson um, Smith, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's a wait and see for me. I mean, I'll look at him as a flex play, somebody deeper later on to, you know, maybe take a flyer on. There's a lot of hype around him. I hear a lot of people talking a lot of good things, but they got to get on the field and you got to fit in the system. Not sure how he's going to fit yet. I mean, who does to say any of us know how he's going to fit? So for me, I'm just a wait and see. Again, flex play, maybe receiver three or four on my rosters. Nick, let's start with you on this. What say you?
2: Okay, so uh, respectively, I have Metcalf at 15th. And it uh, at 26th in uh, PPR. And then, of course, uh, Jackson Smith, who didn't even play a game yet. Uh, I have him at 34th. Uh, the one thing I don't like about Jackson Smith in Jigba is because he played for Ohio State. So that's a one strike against him right there. Uh, number two. <laughs> number two. Yeah. Um, it's hard to draft rookies because you, you really don't, unless he's like a super stud, like a Bijan Robbins and come out, like everybody wanted him. Uh, it's hard to, to draft. So he'd be a late rounder, uh, wait and see, like Jason said, uh, possibly a, a DFS guy, but, uh, he will definitely be the number three receiver on, on this team. Uh, there's, I don't think he's going to surpass Lockett. I don't think he's going to, he's not going to surpass, um, uh, Metcalf so he will be the number three and I he'll probably get about eight 800 yards this season he'll definitely be the number
0: three on the Seahawks Nick says and he'll definitely be a number three on a fantasy roster that's also sure let's go Jordan what say you my friend how you like these receivers
3: I I, I think I'm kind of the same with you guys on there. I I think Tyler Lockett is one of the most underrated players in this league. I mean, he has been there step by step with DK Metcalf. Uh, He's been phenomenal uh, throughout his career. I do think a guy like uh, Smith and Jigba can be someone who comes in and I don't necessarily think he's going to steal a lot of work from Lockett but i do think he's going to have an impact on this yeah. offense especially the the second round of, or the second half of the season yeah. the guy really he gives me some like uh robert woods type vibes and i just think he's another you know great option for gino in this offense so i really like what they yeah. have going on um so i absolutely am taking some some dart throws on smith and jigba yeah. late in drafts as well i probably won't have a lot of dk um just because that's typically when I'm I'm targeting my RBs, but man, I love Tyler Lockett and I think he's incredibly slept on.
0: Uh he's always slept on. I'll Kevin are slept. the let's go professor Kevin. What say you on this one?
7: Well, when it comes to Tyler Lockett, if you're in uh in in, in best ball, Tyler Lockett is a must target because he always has a game or two or three or four where he just blows the doors off the place. And if you're in best ball, you don't have to worry about when that week will come because they'll will put him in your lineup for you. So if I'm in best ball, I am absolutely targeting him. And uh, if, if anything else, any of these receivers, uh, DK, Nick has, been, what was it, 15, he said, Nick. I would mm-hmm. go higher than that with him. Just because he likes that deep ball, and Geno Smith can throw that deep ball, and I think they're really going to get that chemistry running. So I'm going to – he's right there, right outside that top ten. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I'm going to put him inside, right inside the 20, and Jackson Smith, Najigma. Is that one of the great names or what? And, um, okay. And so uh, I put him in the 30s. In Dynasty, he's a guy you must have. As, uh, as I just saw one of the comments come by through there. And so uh, you got to be real excited about these receivers. If you get any of them on your fantasy team, you got to be pretty happy with it. Yeah, checking in
0: was that effing sports show. Make sure you go check out Chris and Chris Fox and all his great stuff over there. He also threw this little jab at Nick as well. I just want to put that in there. Throwing some great stats up also about Kenneth Walker earlier as well we appreciate you checking in chris to let's go kevin that's you my podcast be partner, partner. <laughs> indeed the throw down in a little bit kevin what say you on these receivers
8: yeah i agree with with uh, most of what was what's been said so far i mean i think that uh value wise i think lockett's definitely the the best value he's the guy that slept on i think dk you know at that range there might be some other guys in drafts that that you might want to go for it, just because there's a little more inconsistency with the D- I mean there's so much talent with Lockett and DK uh, and JSN around now it's um I don't I don't know if Lockett or I don't know if DK is going to hit you know the the projections that he's got for himself unless he hits a lot of touchdowns obviously last year he didn't get a lot of touchdowns what he get like six or so um Seven, but Lockett yeah. is is the is the value JSN I think people know about how talented he is so there's a lot of hype and excitement I think his his um, ADP is a little higher than it probably should be just when it comes to opportunity. So Lockett's the value DK, a bit of a reach at that range, but I, I mean, I'm expecting big things, steady things from him. And in in JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he, if opportunity comes, comes towards him when it comes like an injury or whatnot, I mean, I think that it's going to be incredible to see him out there. And he's also a guy that, that someone might draft early, but then, because he's not getting a lot of action cut, I wouldn't necessarily draft him as high as he's going. But if he's available, you know, in the middle of the season or a few games in, I'd scoop him up and put him on my bench because he's probably going to have a strong second half of the season. He's he's that talented. And with the weapons out there, with Lockett and and uh, and DK, I mean, you, you can see a situation where he has a ton of volume. Like, how, who's going to cover him when, when people are worried about DK and Tyler? So. I love the situation. I think all of this says, you know, Gino's got a great opportunity. And with Gino, again, we talked about that. Yeah, there's there's a you know, two tiers of quarterbacks where you probably want to choose over Gino, but but I think Gino again in that in that third tier and that, you know, that 10 to 15 range. I mean, he's an easy guy to sit back on. And it's because of these wide receivers. Agreed. Dan, finish us off. What do you say? best ball uh dk
6: and and lockett are guys i look at uh in best ball uh redraft i'm not touching uh jsn this year uh in redraft um dynasty he's probably the top receiver off the board uh in in most of my rookie drafts he's been the top receiver off the board uh so i have him in a couple places um I think he's going to be most useful, unfortunately, when uh, the Seahawks move on from Tyler Lockett. And then you have DK and uh, JSN kind of being that. Um, It's just tough looking at how often are they going to run three receiver sets. Yeah, because now you have the two backs. You have Fant is going to get – he's going to be on the field because you need need tight ends. ends on the field. They have Fant and uh, Big Montana, uh, Will Disley, uh, who keeps getting injured in halfway through the season and still catches touchdowns. Uh, but again, those are, you know, he'll get two one week and then you won't see him for four weeks. And then, you know, it's just the way the Seahawks don't really have a guy they force feed. Um, when they try to force feed DK, it's normally against a corner that's in his head and he gets frustrated. <laughs> And then it's it's a bad game for them. But uh, like I said, best ball. I prefer these guys better. Uh, I'd probably take you know my wide receiver one. Um, I'd prefer probably another wide receiver one over DK just because of that inconsistency week to week. Boom, bust weeks. I can't clicking the button every week to put him in. It's just you know, is it going to be a week or is am I going to have to get it from somewhere else? So. Um, with all the weapons, it depends on I guess the game plan week to week too. Because is it going to be a run week, throw week? Do they need to throw? Do they need to run? Uh, what's the game? The, uh, what's the game plan going to be? Are they winning Are they losing? Uh, a, lot, a lot of factors that uh, you got to take into consideration there.
0: Yeah, Dan, and you know how to transition well too. Gotta love it. Listen, let's go to this tight end and d we'll wrap this thing up and I'll make this real quick. I'm not looking at Noah Fan, I'm not looking at Will Disley, and I'm maybe wait, I'm definitely waiting to see how the Z- Seahawks defense gels and what it becomes. And it may, I may stream them, and that's basically it there. But um chim. Nick, what do you say about any of the tight end and d?
2: You said it. <laughs> No, it can't, Jordan. When you got two tight ends and and they both get seven touchdowns combined, it ain't worth it, Jordan. I I remember it.
3: Yeah, I remember a younger version of myself who was just beating the damn drum for how great Noah Fant was going to be and how he was so much better than T.J. Hawkinson, and, and I was wrong, and that's all I really have to say about that.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I think he's still an athletic good tight end. I think just in this offense, like, you know, there's so many balls to go around. I don't know where he fits in. He uh, finished last year a career low, and he's also sharing time with Will Disley, so it just doesn't make sense. Um, all right, Dan, we'll start with you with, this one, any would you draft any of these tight ends or, or your defense? Uh, maybe as a backup tight end, I draft Fant. Um,
6: he, you can get him really, really late. Um, and then as far as the defense, <coughs> excuse me, uh, maybe play him against <coughs> Cole McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Dying over here, playing against yeah, Arizona sure. when Colt McCoy's the starter for a couple
0: weeks. I like that. I mean, yeah, you got some maybe a couple of matchups to stream with, Kevin. Uh, yeah, not non professor, Kevin. Let's say you on the tight ends or D, are you worrying about drafting any of them?
8: Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, I think that both, uh, the defense definitely a streaming option if you have if you're if you're playing that way. Um, There'll be matchups out there that that you might like to see. Um, I think that uh, they'll be better than last year. So as for tight end, no fan. I mean, I think he's a talented guy, but like the guy said, I think that there's just too much too much competition out there for for targets. Um, You know, if you're desperate, you know, bye weeks, um, you need to stream a tight end. There's been some tight end injuries. You know, he's a guy that yeah, you could put in your lineup. A week or two and 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 hopefully something happens but i again i was excited when he arrived i think he's talented he has potential but in this offense it, it's going to be tricky so there's no reason to draft him because he's going to be available in you know 99.9 percent of leagues he'll be that one waiver wire option you'll need maybe one week to fill in all right
0: kev what say you finish this off professor um are you uh, doing anything with these tight ends or d
7: I am doing absolutely nothing with the tight ends. I I thought that uh, Noah Fant would do better last year, when he because uh, he came over and he didn't have Russell Wilson, who doesn't know what a tight end is, and uh, but it just didn't happen. And so I want absolutely even in, in in a tight end scenario, you know, the league is really short on on quality tight ends, but you can get at somebody later in the draft that will have some kind of an impact on. A, it, it's not going to be him. And as far as the defense, they start against the Rams at home. That might be something you might want to look at, but I still wouldn't. I don't think I would roll with that just yet. I want to see what kind of defense they can play. So uh, I'm at at best, they're uh, they're someone that you're going to stream, and uh, not someone you're going to draft. You know on opening day. I don't, I just don't see any of that happening. No, no defense, no fan on my fantasy team. A 100% indeed. Look at the
0: F and show still bringing the big stats on the current ADP. Oh, that's Seattle D-16. i think a little high, actually, if, if it's me, anyway. All right, well, listen, thank you guys so much. Kevin, I didn't give me a chance to plug thyself because you came in just a little bit late. Here's your chance, my friend. Let everyone know where they can follow, subscribe, all your great content, including with your TikTok, and I love everything that you're doing. Let everyone know where we can follow you at.
8: Sounds good. Yeah, on uh, on Twitter, you can find me at, at Dr. KJ Murray. Uh, you can follow uh, Fantasy Football Unlimited at FF Unlimited. Uh, yeah, we're on you know Instagram and TikTok and and all that good stuff. Um, FantasyFootballLimited.com essentially is a is a website that's like a portal into the fantasy industry. You know, links to every resource imaginable in the uh, in the industry. Uh, it's it's you know, it's my favorite thing is is share the great resources that are out there in the industry. And also, I've been doing a ton of interviews with with. Um, Some great people within the industry so it's always fun to follow up on backstories and get to know these people uh, a little bit better so there's been a great a bunch of interviews done so you can check those out uh, on all the different platforms but again at at fantasyfootballunlimited.com there's a lot to explore and my you know my passion is is the commissioner gig uh that's that's one of my favorite things about the fantasy football experience and so there's been you know daily content being posted about you know ways to improve your your league when it comes to league engagement draft experiences you know choosing your your draft order last place punishments all the fun stuff that makes fantasy uh, fun and great i like to celebrate all that stuff so you can you can discover it all uh, if you follow me on any of these these social media sites
0: absolutely yeah a lot of great stuff love the series on 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 the draft order and the and how to do the punishments it's all great stuff so make sure you go check that out Affin show yes sir we appreciate you we love your show indeed speaking of your show coming up next jordan and chris fox they're gonna throw down for the queen to decide who's gonna be the weekly throwdown champion so make sure you stay tuned for that we appreciate you guys for checking in tonight we are here as the as the effing show said as the fantasy sports corp goes we'll be here tomorrow night for the san francisco 49ers it'll be a san francisco treat. We,
1: we appreciate you all good luck
0: to those seattle seahawks and we are out